0: Kirk had no idea where I was starting the lesson this morning, but we will start in reference to David. First Chronicles, chapter 16, beginning at verse 1. So they brought the ark of God, set it in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he distributed to everyone of Israel, both man and woman, to everyone, a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. And he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the Ark of the Lord, to commemorate, to thank, and to praise the Lord God of Israel. Verse seven. On that day, David first delivered this psalm into the hand of Asaph and his brethren to thank the Lord. There's a whole purpose of this, to thank the Lord. Verse eight, oh give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing psalms to him, talk of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works which he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. And finally, verses 34 through 36 say, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever and say, save us, O God, of our salvation. Gather us together and deliver us from the Gentiles to give thanks to your holy name, to triumph in your praise. As he ends, or or as he gets to this point in the psalm where, where David delivered this to Asaph, please notice in verse 35, deliver us, gather us and deliver us. Why? What is the purpose of delivering us? The the purpose of delivering us is to give thanks and to triumph in your holy name. Deliver us so that we can give thanks to you for this. That's the whole purpose. We want to be free to express our love and our gratitude to you. Deliver us so that we'll be able to sing your praises. That's the purpose. It's not so we can go on our merry way. This past Thursday, as everybody is well aware, because they probably still got leftovers, (laughs) was Thanksgiving in America, the one day that is set apart each year to pause, to reflect on our blessings and to be thankful for the many things that we have in this nation. It's time to get together with family and friends. We get days off from work and are able, many of us, to get together with family and friends in a way that we are not able to the rest of the year and we celebrate the physical and the bountiful and beautiful blessings that God has given us. It's a time to celebrate family and the health we enjoy. It's a time to celebrate this free and very prosperous nation in which we live. So prosperous, in fact, that many of our 10, 11, 12-year-olds have more money and clothes and phones and electronic devices than some people will able to acquire in a lifetime of hard labor in other foreign countries time to celebrate those things we often take for granted like clean water to drink and more than adequate shelter over our heads and, and food in such abundance that even today when you go into many supermarkets and there's shelves that are empty because they can't get all the supplies in Even today's supermarket, sometimes we may go in and we may see a whole rack of of bread or whatever we're trying to buy and it's just a big empty space there and we complain and we gripe. Listen, (laughs) even our grocery stores today have so much food that there are some people in this world that cannot even begin to imagine what it would be like to walk into a store with that much food. We are so blessed. We have a health care system that while it is by no means perfect, it is certainly the best in the world. Above everything else, we have the freedom and, and we gather together to thank God for the freedom that we have together this Sunday and every other for worship without governmental reprisal or persecution or retribution. As we stop and consider those things, things for which a lot of people give thanks on, on Thanksgiving, it's no wonder that a lot of people are willing to risk their lives and their life savings to get into this country on a daily basis. But as with any journey, it's not always been this way. There's been hardships along the way. Did you know, for example, that <clears throat> the, of the 102 pilgrims, as we call them, religious pilgrims, or, or pilgrims seeking religious freedom, who first landed on the eastern shores of this country on December the 11th, 1620? Of the 102, only 56 of them remained alive just a year later in the fall to give thanks to God for his bountiful blessings. George Washington proclaimed that it was a national day of thanksgiving in 1789, but discord in the colonies deep six that. Thomas Jefferson actually opposed the idea. It wasn't until 1863 that President Lincoln proclaimed the last Thursday of November to be a day for this country to gather to to give thanks. But it took Congress until 1941 to finally sanction it as a legal holiday. And so as I say, America stopped to celebrate, to thank God for their blessings, to focus on those things that just get lost in our everyday hustle and bustle of life. But I, I use that to say this to a child of the living God we have so much more than all of those things I just mentioned as children of the living God all of those things I just mentioned are are physical and when we take our last breath they're done okay we have so much more as children of the living God to thank God for in Christ that it makes America look like a third world nation that has nothing because God takes it to such a much greater level. That is why I think it's important, and why apparently God knew it was important, that we not to get together once a year to thank him, but once a week. We come together once a week. This is our Thanksgiving day, is it not? First day of every week. Because we need more than one because of what God has done for us. We need this time to get together with the family, gather around the table, celebrate the countless spiritual blessings that we have. As Kirk mentioned, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. What is today? What is Sunday? Today is a time to celebrate and give thanks, just like with the physical Thanksgiving Day, we get together and give thanks for the family. For the family of God cumulatively as well as individual members themselves. Did you ever, maybe you did just this past week, Maybe somebody came to Thanksgiving, and you, know, you go to the door, they pull into the yard, and, and you go to the door, and they got food in their hands, and you give them a big hug, and you haven't seen them for a while, and you haven't had time to really get together and say, man, it's really good to see you. Maybe they did it to you. You know what? We ought to do the same thing in the church. Every Thanksgiving day in the church, every Sunday, those people that we haven't had time in the church to fellowship with or to get together with, we ought, to, ought to tell them how grateful we are for them how thankful we are for them Paul did Philippians 1 3 through 11 another thing that we take time to celebrate and give thanks for on our Thanksgiving Day each Sunday is freedom we enjoy freedom don't we I mean we, we celebrate our freedom on Thanksgiving Day and our prosperity on Thursday once a year But what about the freedom and prosperity we enjoy by being saved and forgiven members of Christ's church, his church, the church of Christ, in which we live and move and have our being. What about that freedom? Isn't that much greater than the freedom that we have as Americans? Stop and think about the freedom that we have been given from having to pay the hellish price for all eternity for our sins. That's a much more incredible freedom than we enjoy as as Americans. And I'm not being disrespectful. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not being disrespectful or irreverent of what we have as Americans. We, we, We are blessed beyond measure. But we in Christ are blessed beyond measure above that. That's my point. Not only do we have freedom from having to pay for our sins for all eternity, we have been prospered so much by God, again, that we've been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. The pros- what about the prosperity that we have? We're here to thank God today for the prosperity that we have of being heirs with Christ. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. I don't know how many times in my tenure here, I've already told you, I have no idea the vastness of that blessing. I cannot get my head around it. I cannot describe it, but I sure like it. What about, as, as we talk about some of these grocery stores that some starving people can't imagine what about this what about what we celebrate today we have a freedom from sin and a prosperity in Christ that millions of unsaved people cannot begin to imagine is that right if you've been a Christian 20 30 40 years and you've begun to probe just the surface a little bit of the blessings you have in Christ wouldn't you agree That you have been blessed with a prosperity that even some of the most financially rich people in the world cannot begin to imagine what you have in Christ absolutely absolutely and brethren we're here today to celebrate not only because we have clean water but we have the living water that springs up to eternal life john chapter 4 and verse 10 and chapter 7 and verse 38 and and we're not here to celebrate just adequate shelter we don't just have adequate shelter over our heads but we enjoy the all-powerful shelter and protection that we have in the shadow of his wings psalm 36 and verse 7 psalm 63 and verse 7 both And not only do we have food in abundance, some of us may have had a little bit too much abundance on Thursday, but not only do we in the church have food in abundance like Americans in this country, but you and I on our Thanksgiving day get to feast on the living bread that came down out of heaven. That's what communion is, right? Jesus said, I am the living bread. I am the bread that came down out of heaven. What a, how much more of a feast is that? John chapter six, verses 32 through 35. And here's the thing, here's something else we come together to celebrate on this Sunday, the Christian's Thanksgiving Day. We have the greatest healthcare system in the universe because not one life that would ever follow the prescription of the great physician will be lost. Not one, John chapter 10, verses 27 through 29 and So as our nation comes together once a year to celebrate their blessings at Thanksgiving We come together a lot more often to celebrate ours because we have a lot more infinitely more and more powerful <laughs> blessings that we enjoy as children of the living God That's why we come together once a week on Sunday turn to me in your Bibles and look at the reflection of this in Psalm 111 the reflection of the incredible, infinite amount of blessings that we have and our celebration and giving God thanks for them as we gather together to give thanks in every aspect of our lives for Jesus and for all those things. Psalm 11 is a beautiful, beautiful psalm of giving God thanks for all of these things. It says, and we're gonna read the whole thing, let it really soak in, don't don't just listen to the sound of my voice, but let the words really get into your heart and your mind this morning. Psalm 111 verse one, praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. There it is, congregate, assembled worship. And I'm not just coming. I'm not just sitting. I'm praising God with my whole heart, with everything I am, with every fiber of my being, I am thanking God. I will praise Him with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. That sets the tone for this entire psalm. The works of the Lord are great, studied by all who have pleasure in them. You can tell those people who take pleasure in God's word, they study it. If you find something to be this this great, powerful, encouraging thing that gives you much pleasure, then then you're gonna wanna be a part of it. You're not just gonna cast it aside. And and so the works of the Lord are great, studied by all who have pleasure in them. His work is honorable and glorious, and his righteousness endures forever. Uh, You know, nations have come and gone since the beginning of time, and America may not be a nation if this earth turns another 5,000 years. Who knows? No nation has stayed forever. Okay? At, at the top of, of the, the political and, and worldly landscape. Great kingdoms have come and gone. Rome and, and Great Britain and all of them as, as major powers. But we know this. The kingdom we're a part of is like the righteousness of the God who gave it to us. It endures forever. He has made, verse 4, his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. And again, I go back to the prayer that we just heard. Prayer that even when we mess up, God still loves us. Parents, you still love your kids even when they mess up? And they mess up, I know. I was a kid once and I messed up too, okay? Grateful my parents still love, God still loves us. He is full of, of compassion. He has given food to those who fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. God's not gonna forget his covenant he made with us in Christ. I realize this is Old Testament and it was a different covenant. He has declared to his people the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nation. The works of his hands are verity and justice. All his precepts are sure. You're never going to study the word of God one sentence anywhere that's not right. You're not going to. Every single one of them's right. They stand fast forever and ever, and they are done in truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption. To, uh, the blessings just keep rolling, people. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want to really be smart? Start studying God's word. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. But the tone is set. As he counts all of his blessings throughout this psalm, the tone is set in verse 1. That's why I will praise him in the midst of the assembly. That is why we come together each first day of the week. Do you know what still not enough it just isn't adequate just doesn't get the job done even though psalm 100 in verse 4 does say enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise be thankful to him and bless his name even though it says that and it's true we need to do that but it's not limited to that it's not the only time One day a week set aside for gathering to give thanks to God is nowhere near adequate enough for everything that God has given us. It just ain't. And it never will be. See, God's people who truly understand the blessings that they've been given cannot help, cannot help, but be in a constant state of perpetual thanksgiving to God all the time in good times in bad times in easy times in hard times they cannot help but be in a state of constant and perpetual thanksgiving to God always in all ways, in all circumstances in all situations because God has blessed us that much and, and I suggest to you that if you're really struggling with something in your life sit down as the song says count your many blessings Sit down and praise God for what he's given you. Do you know how many scriptures in the New Testament, very familiar and well-worn scriptures, scriptures that are used time and again for different things, do you know how many of them actually tell us we need to be thankful not just once a day but every day, all the time, every minute? I don't know how many there are. It's not a question I can answer because I didn't look at all of them because we'd probably be here until services tonight. But I'll give you a few and and, and look at them how familiar they are and yet how they're filled with this idea of giving thanks to God every minute we don't wait for a special day we do it on a special day but we do it every day first one and I'm just gonna read them and you can take notes or listen or you turn if you want but I'm gonna go fairly fast Ephesians chapter 5 verses 18 through 21 say be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things (coughs) to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Philippians, we sing the song, we know the verses by heart, but but think about the the thanksgiving constant. Philippians four, four through seven, rejoice in the Lord, how often? Always. that passage right there Philippians chapter 4 verses 4 through 7 it's you know a a cute little song sometimes we think of it maybe as just that it's so much more than that that passage right there explains amongst other things how to be positive in your life and at peace it explains how to be at peace with God at peace within and at peace with one another all in that Philippians 4 4 through 7 And the way it says to do that is by constantly rejoicing, giving thanks, praying, and staying focused on the blessings you've been given by God. That that is not just a one-day-of-the-week thing. Hey, if you're only rejoicing one day a week when we come together for church, that's an awesome thing. I don't want you here for that, okay? But if that's the limit of your rejoicing, your life is nowhere near (coughs) as blessed as joyful as god wants it to be or that it could be it can't be just now the bible says as, as was up here on the screen on wednesday night and i, and I love those those wednesday nights and, and everything that goes with them but it was up on the screen first thessalonians chapter 5 verses 16 through 18 rejoice always pray without ceasing give thanks in all circumstances that's the will of god for us over and over and over and you know how philippians is known as Kinda known as the Book of Joy and Rejoicing, there's so much about joy and rejoicing in the Book of Philippians, great book by the way. As much as the Book of Philippians is about joy and rejoicing, I can say that word, the Book of Colossians ought to be known as the Book of Thanksgiving. The Book of Colossians. The book of Colossians abounds with this same admonition that we are to give thanks all the time. Some of you may have thought this morning, I can't believe Doug's preaching on Thanksgiving. That should have been last Sunday. Last Sunday was the one before Thanksgiving. I got news for you folks. Every Sunday's Thanksgiving Day for the child of God. I could have preached this sermon in July and it would have been just as fitting. Although you might not have been quite as full of leftovers. But still, the point remains. This Thursday Thanksgiving thing is just an illustration to get us into this morning's lesson, okay? But I want you to think about this. The book of Colossians talks about giving thanks in every chapter. Four chapters, the book of Colossians, right? Every last one of them talks about thanks. Follow this with me. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 3. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Praying how long, always, always for you. And I want you to think about that for a minute. You know sometimes a parent, you'll teach a child to say their prayers, now I lay me down to sleep, and you go through and you teach, you know, two, three, five year olds to, to say this prayer. And, and you go through a list, and and uh, it's like it's like Hannah sings you know he's got the whole world in his hands and and she'll be asked who she wants to put in there for the next verse and you know mommy daddy and she'll go through this list right and and we teach kids to say prayers and you know God bless mommy and daddy and all that we we have this list that they go through right well Colossians 1 in verse 3 giving thanks to God praying always for you Paul says do we do What a child does for their family members do we and i'm not just talking about praying for people that are having struggles do we pray and thank god for just individual brothers and sisters on a regular basis now we can't go through the whole directory every time i get that i know how time is i know how our memories are i know how my memory is but how many times in our prayer do we do exactly what it says in colossians 1 3 and, and and give thanks to god Praying always for specific brethren do you ever just pray I am so grateful for a brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so probably we don't should we think that would be a good idea just thank you God for sister so-and-so praying always for you go through a list We move on. Colossians 1, 12 through 14 instructs us to give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. I love that. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. If that Three or four verses do not drive you to your knees in gratitude because your sins have been forgiven. You are part of the kingdom. He has broken the power of darkness. He has put you into the kingdom of the Son of His love. You have the forgiveness of sins. If that does not drive you to your knees, spiritually speaking, in gratitude and thanksgiving more than once a week, go home and check your pulse. Because it should We give thanks to God because He's qualified us for that. He's delivered us. Notice the verses. He's qualified us again. Colossians 1, 12 through 14. He's qualified us, delivered us, conveyed us, and given us. Wow. Moving on. I could go on and on. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. As you therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, as you received him, so walk in him. Is that an everyday thing, you're supposed to walk in Christ? Is that in every minute, every, yes, okay, that's constant. So walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Abounding in this walk, which is an everyday thing. That's not a once a week thing. Colossians chapter three, verse 17, very familiar passage, but again, look at the focus on giving thanks, constancy of giving thanks. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, wherever you go, whatever it is, all of it, giving thanks. Definitely an all the time thing. And finally, in Colossians chapter four and verse two, we see it again, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanks. Vigilant. You know what vigilant is? I'm watching. I'm watching for the enemy. Well, what's one of the greatest ways to combat the enemy? By giving thanks to God for so many deliverances, by giving thanks to God for everything I've got to thank him for. As I said, Philippians may be about joy and rejoicing, but I hope we'll always remember the book of Colossians is about thanksgiving. So, Why so much Biblical focus on this idea of giving thanks? Well, we know because God is that great and that awesome, but have you ever considered that giving God thanks is one of the ways that we glorify him? We sing the song, we will glorify, we sing the song. We read a lot of passages about how we want to glorify God. Did you know? That giving God the thanks he is due, giving the thanks to his name for the blessings from his hand is one of the ways we glorify God. Turn to me to Psalm 50. We'll look at three verses. Psalm 50, giving thanks. I, I want to glorify God every day. What's one of the best ways to do that? To give him thanks every day, because they're the same thing. Psalm 50, look with me at verse 23. Whoever offers praise glorifies me. When we praise and thank God, we glorify him. And to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. Back up in the same Psalm to verses 14 and 15. Look at, look at what they say. Call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you and you shall glorify, I'm sorry, 14 and 15, I started at 15, let's start at 14. Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will glorify me. Thanksgiving is tied to glorifying God in this psalm. Giving him the thanks to his name is not only how we glorify God, but how we magnify God. And we know what magnify means, it means make him bigger. We make God bigger in our own lives and in the lives of others when we give him thanks for all he's done. We magnify him when we give him thanks in our everyday lives. Look at Psalm 69, verses 30 through 32. 69, 30 through 32 couldn't be any clearer, especially in the latter part of verse 30. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Listen, if you're trying to reach out to somebody and you want to evangelize, you want to see that person in heaven and you you try to reach out to him, one of the greatest ways that you can do that is to make God bigger in their life by making him appear bigger in your life. And you magnify him to both yourself and them when you give him thanks. That's what it says right here in this verse. So when I'm going through hard times, and they know I'm going through hard times, what's one of the greatest ways, one of the greatest witnesses to his power is when I'm still thankful to God for the good things he's given me in my life. Because see, the world, when, when the darkness falls in, they fall apart. And so one of the greatest ways that we magnify him and make him bigger is by thanking him. That's what it says in verse 30. Verse 31, this also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bull which has horns and hooves. The humble shall see this and be glad. And you who seek God, your heart shall live. I want to focus on verse 32. Listen, if you are a humble, if you are a servant of God who is humbling yourself before God, if you are one of those and you see somebody else who's always thankful to God, does that encourage you? It's exactly what that verse is talking about. The humble shall see this, this thanksgiving that magnifies God. They shall see this in you and they will be glad. It will make them rejoice. This is how you make other Christians rejoice as well. It doesn't just magnify God in your life or to the others outside of Christ, but it magnifies God to those who have humbled themselves before him. When we give him thanks, when we praise him, when we sing, listen, Affirming the Faith is coming up first weekend in March. And there's other big get-togethers, but we'll just use that one. Tell you what, those of you that have gone to Affirming the Faith, I brought this up before. Our singing is, is encouraging, and I, and I love to sing if it's just three of us. Don't get me wrong. But when you get down there and you get a thousand people, they're all singing at the top of their lungs, their praises to God, I'll tell you what, that's an encouragement. Those of you have been, is that right? I'm telling you, it'll pick you up. It will lift you up. Constantly practicing thanksgiving to God is how we exalt or lift him up. Again, proven in Psalm 118. If you'll turn there with me, please. Look at just verses 28 and nine. Psalm 118, 28 and nine. It's how we lift him up before others. We glorify him, we magnify him, we exalt him, we pick him up. This is all with our giving of thanks for the great things he has given to us. Psalm 118, verses 28 and nine. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Verse 29, how do I give thanks to him? Verse is the answer, by praising him and lifting him up. I do that with my thanksgiving. So whether it's our once a year, Thanksgiving, our daily Thanksgiving, our hourly Thanksgiving. I'd like to mention a few scriptural items that we need to give thanks to God for that perhaps we don't. Now we have this, typical, when you ask somebody around, you have a Thanksgiving get-together, right? Thursday, and you say, "What's well, us table and tell what we're thankful for, and the answers get to be, after the first three or four, that might be a little different, it's pretty much the same thing, right? It's my family and this and those are all good things, don't get me wrong. But sometimes in our prayers, we thank God for certain things and we get in this routine of thanking him for certain things. But what I want to look at here briefly is a few other things that we ought to be thankful to God for that maybe we don't mention all the time, that maybe we didn't even ever think of mentioning, perhaps. Or at least do so on a very limited basis. And maybe they deserve more. So the first one is his word. How often in our prayers, now we sing the song, give me the Bible, star of gladness gleaming in, and, we and we're all about the word of God, but how often in our prayers, and we have a lot to pray about, I understand that, we have a very lengthy prayer list, we have people with needs, I, I, I understand, I do. I'm one of you, I'm human too. But how often in our prayers do we just thank God for his word, just God, that word is everything to me. Because the Bible says, that that's one of the things we need to be thankful for. Psalm 138, verses 1 and 2, David says, I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing praises to you. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. Did you notice that? He says, I'm going to worship God and praise his name for his loving kindness and his truth. Sometimes we leave the truth out. We praise God for his loving kindness, we thank him for that, but we don't always thank him for his truth. David said, I'm gonna thank him for his truth because he has magnified his word above his name. Is God's name above all? Yes. But he said, you've magnified your word above your name. How important is the word of God? Where would your salvation be without the word of God? I'm not talking about the walking word that was here 2,000 years ago. I'm talking about the written word. You wouldn't have salvation if you didn't know about God from God. We need to thank God in prayer for his word. Sounds like a little thing, but David said that's important, Psalm 1 and two. Another thing that we don't always thank God for that we've touched upon a little bit in this lesson is for each and every one of those people who have chosen to be sanctified both in and because of his truth, for those Christians, other Christians, who continue to stand firm and steadfast in the will of God working together as one, do we thank God for those other Christians who are still standing firm in the faith despite all the problems they got in their lives, we would ought to. Not just pray for the ones with problems, but pray and thank God for the ones who've got problems that are still strong and steadfast. Doesn't it do you a world of good when you see a Christian brother or sister who just, just due to circumstances going through something horrible, but they're still encouraging and strong and they're not moving off the word of God. Doesn't that encourage you? Doesn't that make you stronger? Does me. We need to thank God for them. Look, Paul did. Look at me in your Bibles in 2 Thessalonians chapter two. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2. 13 through 15, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren beloved by the Lord. Paul said, I thank God for my brothers and sisters, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast. Hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Do we thank God for those good brothers and sisters in this congregation and other congregations who are standing on the truth every day, no matter what they're going through, no matter the cost. Sometimes members of their own family, doesn't matter the cost, they're gonna do what God said to do. Doesn't that encourage you? Paul said he thanked God for them, and I don't know, as we always do. Do we we continue to raise up in prayer and and give thanks to God, our new converts, as well as our more mature and still faithful brethren? Do we we thank God for all of that? You know, the other night, Wednesday night, we had especially some of our, our young men standing up here, and their growth, and and we we do praise God for that, we do, and I appreciated Sam's prayer. We have a lot of young ladies in here who are growing in their faith, too, and and they're showing such maturity and and doing these awesome and wonderful things, and they're becoming stronger Christians every day, and and that's awesome, and and we thank God for them because they're young, right? But do we thank God for the 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90-year-olds who continue to grow and be faithful and steadfast, too? Because the Bible says, or Paul said in the Bible, that we need to thank those brethren. Thank God for those brethren who are continually putting forth the effort to grow in their faith, in their love for one another, even when they're going through terrible problems of their own. Second Thessalonians chapter one. Back up, a, back up just a little bit, one chapter. Second Thessalonians one, look at verses three through five. Look what Paul said, I thank God for these people. He said, we are bound. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3 We are bound to thank God always for you brethren as it is fitting Paul said this is the right thing to do it's fitting this is what we're supposed to do why Paul because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations which you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Paul says, man, I thank God for you. I thank God for those Christians who keep on growing. They grow in their knowledge. They grow in their love for one another. And this, despite all the terrible, awful things they're going through, Paul says, I just thank God for these people. Do we? Do we thank God in our prayers for all of those brethren who are still fighting the good fight of faith? Just as the Apostle Paul asked his brethren to do for him, you'll recall in Ephesians chapter 6, 18 through 20, he said, please pray for me that I may speak more boldly. That's always kind of of gotten to me a little bit. Paul, remember Paul? Paul needed prayers that he'd speak more, how much more bold can you get? The man was stoned. The man was persecuted, imprisoned, put in the inner stocks. Paul, I don't know how you could be a bolder gospel preacher than Paul. But he said, pray for me that I may open my mouth boldly. Tell you what, if Paul needed his brethren's prayers. You and I need them too, not just the preacher. You and I need them that we'll be more bold in telling people about Jesus, amen? We need to pray in our prayers for our brethren, all of us, to have more strength. Evangelism is not just one person's job. We've heard that a lot of times, but, but some of us struggle with it, but, but those of us who struggle with it, are we still praying that everybody else will be strengthened? Paul said, you better pray for me. But he also gave thanks for these people. Do We thank God for those who serve as our examples of faith, hope, and love, and perseverance in this congregation despite their afflictions. 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 through 7. As we prepare to close this morning, there's one passage that sums up pretty much everything that I've preached about this morning. And then moves on to the one other thing that all Christians ought to constantly and consistently be giving thanks to God for. And it's found in the Book of Thanksgiving, which is Colossians. Don't ever forget that, Colossians. Now on, that's the Book of Thanksgiving, every chapter. Passage is in Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3, sums up the lesson and moves on to the final thing that we need to thank God for in our prayers more often, perhaps. 1-3, 1-3, we give thanks to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you've heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you, since the day you heard and knew the grace of God and truth. As you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who's a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the spirit. Notice again, Paul thanking God for these people, for their growth, their love, their love of the truth, all of that that we've talked about. Verse nine. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you. Well, wait a minute, Paul. Uh, Paul, um, you said you, Gave God thanks for these people because of their great love and growth and all of that. Paul says, okay, but they need even more prayer that they'll grow in these things even more. See, it's a continual thing. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. See, they had to move on to maturity, and so Paul would keep praying for these people being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. I love those two terms. The world thinks those are contradictory. Long-suffering and patience with joy. Suffering and joy don't go together, but they did for Paul. Because he realized that you could still have the joy of the Lord even in the midst of long-drawn-out ordeals. Our God is an awesome God. Giving thanks, verse 12, to the Father who has qualified us, as we read before, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He's delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. One of the things that we always need to thank God for, sometimes don't, and i don't want you to put your hand up or or tell me a number but just think about this question how often and what percentage of our prayers do we thank god for the church of christ he has transferred us from the domain of darkness conveyed us into the kingdom of his son the kingdom of christ the church of christ i do not fully understand why in my zeal to find God, to find something I was missing in my life, what are the chances? What are the chances, have you ever thought about how easily any of us could have wound up in a man-made denomination? <coughs> now I realize that if we seek, we'll find. I realize we were searching for truth. I, I understand that. But when I think about all the good people, all of the good people who are doing some good things, but are in a man-made worship system, it breaks what little is left of my heart to break. Doesn't it yours? And I am so grateful to God. I am so blessed that, that yes, he knew we would come, but, but he put the people in our path that would help lead us on this path to his kingdom. His kingdom, which he will deliver up to the Father on the last day, 1 Corinthians 15. Do we thank God that we are part of that never-ending kingdom, that kingdom that will never be destroyed, the Lord's church, not some man-made church, in all of our prayers? This church, it was so important to Jesus, he died for it. Do you thank God, out of the thousands of churches, quote, unquote, in the world, that you're part of the one that's in the Bible? Do you tell him that when you pray? This passage says, giving thanks, verse 12, to the Father, who's given us forgiveness and put us into the kingdom. I am so thankful every day for the Son of God, aren't you? For the Son of God and all that he did for me in dying on a cross to offer me full forgiveness of my sins. I'm also thankful each and every day for the word of God and the absolute truth of its every single word, its every single letter of every word, teaching me that the way to receive that forgiveness that the Son of God died for, I find out in the word of God how to receive that forgiveness, not only how to receive that forgiveness, but after I've received that forgiveness, how to find out everything I need to in order to live with God forever thereafter. I am grateful every day, not only for the Son of God and the Word of God, but for the Kingdom of God, for the church of His beloved Son, that my forgiveness through His Son that I know about through His Word puts me into. Question as we close. Are you a grateful, faithful, hard-working and always growing member of the lord's one new testament church that we see in the scripture every day are you grateful every day are you faithful every day are you growing every day if not why not why not what could be more important Hopefully this lesson this morning will help us all to be more thankful for some of the things that we may not think of on occasion. If you're struggling this morning and you haven't been as faithful as you know that you ought to be or you're struggling with something you just can't manage to to come to grips with, we'd love to pray for you, wouldn't we church? Pray for our brethren, right? Amen? Amen. But maybe you're not in Christ yet. Maybe you're not a member of that church. We, we read in Acts 2 where in order to be a member of that church, we have to repent. That's turn our lives to God. And then we have to be baptized for the forgiveness of our sins. That's, that's what it says. It's the only way into the kingdom. And if we're, we're not in Christ, we don't have Christ. If you'd be baptized this morning for the forgiveness of your sins so that God can add you to his son's church, that eternal kingdom, we'd love to do that as well. We'd love to give thanks with you this morning for any of those needs that you might need answered